Hello and welcome to another teaching from 119 Ministries. Our ministry believes that the whole Bible is still true and directly related to our lives today. If you would like to know more about what we believe and teach, please visit us at testeverything.net. We hope that you enjoy studying and testing the following teaching. There are at least two reasons why Jesus, his Hebrew name being Yeshua, said that not one jot or tittle of the law of God can change till heaven and earth passes away. Have you ever considered this matter? Matthew chapter 5. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly, I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Consider the following, Deuteronomy 30, verses 11, 16, and 19. Now what I am commanding you today is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. For I command you today to love Yahweh your God, to walk in obedience to Him, and to keep His commands, decrees, and laws. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live. Revelation 21, verse 1 and 5. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. Yeshua did not come to abolish the law and prophets, but to fulfill all the law and prophets. Not one jot or tittle or any part of the law will pass away until at least two criteria are met. Number one, heaven and earth pass away. It's not done yet. Number two, all the law and prophets are fulfilled. Also, not done yet. Some might say, Yeshua clearly said on the cross, it is finished. Thus, now jots and tittles can be removed from God's law. John chapter 19. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. What was finished? Was all the law and prophets finished? Has heaven and earth passed away? Or, was it simply the plan of salvation, the cross, that was finished? Is the plan of salvation, the cross, concluding all the law and prophets, did the cross cause heaven and earth to pass away? Even though that should be easy to answer, we will pull in Scripture just to prove that heaven and earth have not passed away. 2 Peter chapter 3 But in keeping with this promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. 
Even if heaven and earth passing away was only figurative, we consider it a likely a literal event. Peter still states that heaven and earth have not yet passed away. We are still looking forward to that prophetic event. As it turns out, heaven and earth passing away and all the law and prophets being fulfilled happens to be the exact same thing. It should be no surprise why Yeshua mentioned such criteria in the same sentence as it relates to the law. Heaven and earth passing away equals all the law and prophets being fulfilled. It is simple as that. Those that know their Bible rather well also know that the last prophecy mentioned is heaven and earth passing away and being made new. Revelation chapter 21 verse 1 and verse 5. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. It is then that Yeshua states, It is done. Exactly like Yeshua in Matthew chapter 5, verses 17 through 19 declared that the law and prophets would be at this last event. All the law and prophets are now done at this point. Also note that in Revelation 21 and Isaiah chapter 65, 17, that it is the first heaven and first earth that passes away. Regardless of whether you believe that this is a literal or figurative event, likely literal, this is the event that Yeshua clearly references in Matthew chapter 5. And it has not happened yet. This is the only heaven and earth passing away event that Yeshua can be referencing. Because the first heaven and the first earth only passes away once. The first heaven and the first earth are still here until they pass away according to Revelation 21. And the former things are no longer remembered. It is quite apparent that removing jots and tittles from the law before this event would not only be premature, but against God's plan. But Jesus did all the law for me. Yet, still in a last-ditch effort to hold on to a slipping law-abolishing doctrine, some will say, but Jesus did all the law, so obviously I do not have to. In reality, this is a true statement. But at this point, we are clearly talking about two different things. To illustrate this, all we have to do is allow them to finish their sentence. But Jesus did all the law, so I don't have to. For what? They would have to respond something like this. We don't have to keep the law of God for salvation. Yeshua observed all the law perfectly, so that we do not have to observe God's law for salvation. No one has ever been able to keep God's law for salvation. All believers since Adam and Eve were saved by grace through faith. This is the only way. Those before the cross looked forward to the means to salvation, grace via the cross. And those after the cross look back. There is no salvation process difference. So then, it is true. We do not have to keep God's law, but only in the context of salvation. And that has always been the case. But in Matthew chapter 5, verses 17 through 19, our Messiah is teaching obedience that is to result because of our salvation. We know this because Yeshua begins discussing rewards for believers based on whether they remove jots and tittles from the law of God in their teachings. Thus, there are consequences to removing jots and tittles from the law of God. If a believer teaches less commandments, they are going to be least in the kingdom. If a believer teaches all commandments, they are going to be great in the kingdom. 
These are not salvational consequences. These are rewards, or lack thereof, for those who are already in the plan of salvation based on our level of practicing and teaching obedience. This should be simple to understand. We all understand that breaking God's law is sin, 1 John 3, 4. Believers who sin more, break God's law, and teach others to do the same, will be least in the kingdom as part of their eternal rewards. Those who sin less and teach others obedience to the law of God will be great in the kingdom. These are rewards based on our observance of fulfilling the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28, verses 19-20. through 20. We are to make disciples and teach them to obey everything that Yeshua taught. We know without a doubt that Yeshua taught the law of God as written by Moses. Otherwise, he would have been a false prophet. See Deuteronomy chapter 13 and our related teaching for an example. Thus, there is only one logical conclusion as Matthew chapter 5 verses 17 through 19 agrees. We are to teach all nations to obey everything out of the law of God as written by Moses. To say that we do not have to keep God's law just because Jesus kept it for us makes absolutely no sense. Yeshua was baptized as well. Should we say that we should not be baptized because Yeshua was baptized for us? Yeshua did not commit adultery. Should we say that we can commit adultery now because Yeshua refrained from adultery for me? Absolutely not. We are covered by grace for such things, which is in the context of our salvation. But that does not mean we should start ignoring commandments because of our grace. What faith in the Word would we really have if we do not even contain a real desire to live the same Word that we profess to believe in? Romans chapter 6. Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. Obedience is not to maintain our salvation, but simply be the evidence of our salvation. It is an expression of what we believe inwardly, which is the Word of God. So, we might not have to keep God's law for salvation, but He asks us to keep God's law because we should not want to sin. And we should want to love Him back and love others. 1 John chapter 5 By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and obey His commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments. That should sound rather acceptable, right? If we really believe in His grace for us, which is really His love for us, then how could we not want to love Him back in the keeping of His commandments? From the beginning, observing the law of God was always equated to loving God. For example, Deuteronomy chapter 11, You shall therefore love Yahweh your God and keep His charge, His statutes, His rules, and His commandments. Always. We are to understand that we are to love God as He defines how He wants to be loved. It is not up to us or anyone else to define how to love Him. That would be true with any successful marriage today. We do not tell our spouse how we decided that we were going to love them. They tell us how they want to be loved. So we have established that not one jot or tittle of the law can be removed until all the law and prophets are fulfilled. We understand then it is all fulfilled when Yeshua says, It is done. It is then, when heaven and earth pass, that clearly no more prophecy remains to be fulfilled. But why? 
Is there a reason that God has to wait till heaven and earth passes away before it is even remotely possible for a jot or tittle of the law to be removed? It turns out that there is a reason, a very good reason, in fact. What is the relationship between heaven and earth and the law of God? Heaven and earth are the witnesses of the law of God being set before us. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 11, 16, and 19. Now what I am commanding you today, the law, the Torah, is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. For I command you today to love Yahweh your God, to walk in obedience to Him, and to keep His commands, decrees, and laws, the Torah. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live. Why does that matter? It matters because two or three witnesses establishes a matter. Deuteronomy 19.15, Matthew 18, verse 16, 2 Corinthians 13.1. Every matter must be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. This can only mean one thing, which is another reason why Yeshua taught it the way He did. Not only is heaven and earth passing away the last prophetic event before all the law and prophets are fulfilled, but heaven and earth are the witnesses to the establishing of the law, to the establishing of the Torah. The law of God is established until heaven and earth passes away just like Yeshua says in Matthew chapter 5, verses 17 through 19. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly, I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same, will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Isn't this amazing? Simply looking up heaven or looking down earth is all the proof you need to know that the law of God has not changed in the least. Any believer teaching anything contrary to this will be least in the kingdom at best. Yeshua continues in Matthew chapter 5, verse 19. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Remember what Paul said about establishing the law? Romans chapter 3, verse 31. Do we then nullify the law through faith? May it never be. On the contrary, we establish the law. Do you used to think or currently think that Paul taught against the law of God? Many have, even in the first century. Remember how many times Paul was accused of teaching against the law of God? How did Paul directly respond to those accusations? Acts chapter 24. But this I confess to you, that according to the way which they call a sect, I worship the God of our fathers, believing everything laid down by the law and written in the prophets. The irony is, is that we're still accusing Paul of teaching against the law of God as written by Moses. Paul might be the most misunderstood individual in all of history. It's because of this unfortunate pattern with Paul and his writings 
that Peter felt compelled to issue a warning about Paul and his teachings on the law of God. 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 15-17 through 17. Just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given to him, as he does in all his letters when he speaks in them of these matters, there are some things in them that are hard to understand, which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction, as they do the other scriptures. You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability. Understand this. Lawlessness is simply sin, which is the breaking of God's law. 1 John chapter 3, verse 4. Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. So it appears we have a choice. We can use Paul for or against the law. But according to Peter, there is only one correct way to read Paul's difficult letters, and it is certainly not how most of us have been taught. What this means is, if Peter is right, is that we should not be taking Paul's difficult words as a tool to teach others against the law of God, all while ignoring Paul's positive statements regarding the law of God. This, of course, would make Paul out to be an unstable schizophrenic at best. Peter even warned us against such unstable teaching in his warning about Paul. We need to reconcile Paul's more challenging words despite our previous or even current doctrinal bias that wants to remove jots and tittles from the law. It is possible, and when one is not ignorant about the front of the Bible, Paul is actually much easier to understand. This might sound like a harsh statement, but Bible colleges today spend much less time in the Old Testament which was the scriptures in the first century, and much more time in the New Testament. And as with any book, this is simply not best practice. Like Bereans, we are to test all doctrines to the Word of God. In the first century, the Bereans only had the Old Testament. So if you want to be a true Berean, Acts 17:11, then employ the same process that they did. Test every word of Paul to the Law and Prophets. There already exists much study to assist in the understanding of Paul's difficult words. For example, check out our Pauline Paradox series. Paul can be reconciled with the whole Word of God. But in any attempt to dismiss Matthew chapter 5, verses 17 through 19, one will only find contradiction. And some are at peace with this. Most are not. Determine for yourself, because in the end, Yourself is all you will have at the judgment seat that determines our rewards in eternal life. So, as you walk the earth and you see the stars in the heavens, let that remind you that the same law of God that the Bible declares to be the way, truth, life, light, perfect, and freedom still exists and is for us today. In fact, Christ, our Messiah, as the Word of God in the flesh, was also called these things for that very same reason. Notice that the law of God that Yeshua walked was the whole Word of God. And remember, He is our example. In our reading of Acts, we also realize that all the apostles, including Paul, walked the same law of God that Yeshua did, even after the cross. This should not surprise us at all, for the New Covenant, Jeremiah 31, was to write the law of God on our heart, the Torah, giving us the desire to do it. 
not the desire to abolish it. So with the words Yeshua said, Peter's warning about Paul, the scriptural way to test doctrine, and the whole point of the new covenant, what are we still doing mitigating our means to love God? Let's love him back the way he intended. As it turns out, obedience and loving God is a blessing, just like he said. We hope that this teaching has blessed you. And remember, continue to test everything. Shalom. It is because of you, our generous supporters, who make it possible to offer these high-quality teachings completely free of charge. If you feel led to support 119 Ministries so that we can continue this effort, please visit testeverything.net and click on the Support 119 tab. Learn how you can partner with us to take the whole Word of God to the nations.